Hello, hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Dimitra Gray Show. I am very excited because I have finally figured out the perfect coffee solution. (laughs) I'm going to tell it to you before we get into today's topic, which I do have a special topic for today. Uh, My perfect coffee solution, some of you will think that this is very obvious and maybe ridiculous, but I am one of those people who always forget that I have a hot drink, so I like pour a hot drink and then I get very pulled into something and forget that my drink exists until it's too cold um, and then I'm sad. So, but, and so recently I got a thermos. We had a secret Santa for Christmas and I got a, it's not a thermos, what do you call it? It's like a, oh my god, like a travel mug for coffee. And it's not like I've never had one before, but uh, if you've been following along, you know, coffee is a more recent uh, constant for me at this point in my life. So I haven't used one until I got it for Christmas. And while I really like that, I prefer to drink out of a mug. So now today what I have done is I've poured the coffee into the travel mug but I have a little mug, like a clay, like a pottery mug, where I'm drinking it from. So I'm drinking it hot in the cup. And then, like, I already have had that moment where I, and it's a small cup my friend got for me. It's like a little tiny. And normally I like huge mugs, but this is kind of the good a good solution because it's really hot when I drink it. And I've already had that moment where I drank the whole thing and then I was like, oh no, I forgot about my coffee. And then I was like, no, I didn't because the rest of my coffee is still hot in my travel mug. So now I just poured myself another teeny mini cup uh, and it's hot, just as hot as it was when I first made it. So maybe you've already thought of this. But if you haven't, now you know. Another thing I've been doing with coffee is that I've been drinking half-calf. So I've been, uh, I have both like decaf beans and uh, normal ones at my house. And so I grind both and then I mix them together, which means I can have more coffee at a time without feeling uh, too caffeinated. So I also discovered, this is not going to be about coffee, this is my last thing I'm going to say about coffee, maybe, is that uh, I have also discovered, I have said in the past that I didn't like coffee with sweetener, which is kind of true, I still really like black coffee, and I have my first cup today black, but, my mini cup, Um, but I've discovered that it's actually only a little bit of sugar that I don't like. I either like no sugar or I like a lot of sugar. So now I've been having coffee with two giant tablespoons of maple syrup, and that I really like. So if you have never tried that too, consider this your suggestion. Okay, I'm moving on from coffee. Moving on because we have a whole other episode where Jordan and I talked a lot about coffee, and I feel like most people drink coffee and they I don't know. I I imagine that no one cares to talk about it that much. So I'm going to move on. Um, I have a really exciting topic today. At least I think it's exciting. I hope some of you do. Um, the topic is, so you may have heard me mention, if you've listened to other episodes, that uh, 
my goal for the year is to read 100 books. And I'm really on track. And I've read 10 books so far. I'm on my I'm on my 11th book. No, my tw- no, my 11th. Um, so I've read 10 books and around book eight, I thought to myself, oh my goodness, when I get to book 10, maybe I'll do a podcast episode where I review the books that I've read so far. So that's what I'm going to do today. And this morning, I even went through the house and I collected all of the books so that I could have them all next to me. And I was like, do I really have to do that? Because I've been tracking them on Goodreads, but you can't follow me on Goodreads because my Goodreads is private because I just don't want people, I don't know, I don't want to be like, I don't want everyone to know what I'm reading while I'm reading it, I feel like. Um, but I'm going to share with you the books that I've read because um, Goodreads tracks it for me, which is phenomenal. Uh, because, And that's what I like about Goodreads is that you can... I haven't been using it until this challenge this year, really, but what I like about it, it's an app if you don't know, is that you can track your books that you've read and then it also like, I found it a really nice way to find new books because you can you can read reviews on the books that you like and then sometimes people will mention other authors who they think are similar or it will say like, uh, I think it, it might say like book like other books people are reading that are similar to you or, or, you know, things like that. So, uh, I found it a really nice place to discover new books is probably the thing I like most about it. And I also like that I can track because who, if you read a lot, you know that it's so hard to remember. Like I cannot remember if you're like, oh, Demetra, what books have you read over the past few years? I'm like, I don't know, like, if I think I can start to name a few, but I'll never remember, like, the whole list of them. So, I, so when I was looking for the books this morning, I was like, God, I don't remember what they were. (laughs) But then I have my list, and so we could go through them. And I'll say before I get started that there's definitely pros and cons. So, like, our whole last podcast episode was kind of about pros and cons. There's definitely pros and cons to the reading challenge, I'll just say. So, if you are listening and you're like, God, it sounds like a lot to read 100 books. Like, can you, like, are you even retaining? Or, like, I wouldn't enjoy that or whatever. You are partially correct. <laughs> um, there's definitely some negatives, but I feel committed. Like, I just feel like I made the commitment to read 100 books. I think that I'll learn a lot from it. There will definitely, there are definitely have already been many pros. And I think uh, overall, I'm just going to learn a lot from the commitment to myself and just the challenge and uh, doing it. And I really, this is actually, it, it's like one of my favorite goals of the year because it's a purely pleasure goal for me. Like, if you heard in our, Jordan and I did a goals episode uh, a few episodes back, and we talked about our goals for the year, and uh, my other goals are more like, I mean, obviously they're all for me, but they're more like work and health and, uh, I don't know, the, the book one feels like it's just purely for enjoyment for me. It's not like because I want to accomplish something or because I like, I, I don't know, it just feels... Like, I'm not working on something or trying to get somewhere. It's just, like, just enjoyment. And it's, like, because of that, there's just some – it just feels very between – I guess all of my goals are between me and me, technically. But this feels, like, extra between me and me. And it's just, like, 
no one's holding me accountable to this. It doesn't really matter at the end of the day whether I do it or not. And, like, I'm the only one who knows if I do it or not. Like, it just doesn't matter that much. I guess my other goals just feel like they matter more. And this one feels just like it's just for me. Like, it doesn't. And so it could be the one that would be easiest to let go of. But I will not let go of it. Uh, because I, I've i really enjoyed the commitment to myself. If you heard me talk I think I talked about it more in other episodes, I think, of just, like, the the enjoyment that I've been learning over the past couple years of what it, uh, like, a consistent commitment to yourself and promising things to yourself and following through, and I really like that feeling. I just think it's a really nice feeling to show up for yourself and, like, build this kind of trust with yourself that I say I'm going to do this thing and I'm going to do it regardless of when I don't want to or how it feels, and so... uh. One of that goal for me, one of them was reading 100 books. And so I read the 10, I read 10 so far. And the negatives are definitely that uh, my main complaint is that it feels like I have to go a lot faster than I would like to. So there were a couple books, and I'll name them as I go through that I wished I could have spent longer on. Like, I wish that I could have, uh, either during the reading of them, that I could thoroughly enjoy it more and just, like, go slower and, like, pause after however much time and just sort of, like, sit with what I just read and be like, wow, and contemplate it. Um, and... Or not just during the reading of the book, but after. I didn't really, I've never thought about this so much before, how much I love the feeling after having just finished a really good book, like a fiction book I'm talking about in this case. Um, When it sort of just like the book ends and then I'm in that energy for days typically is how it goes for me. And I just get to like think about the characters and feel all the feelings and it like lasts for days, maybe even for months, some books. And uh, what I have felt with this challenge is like immediately when I finish a book, I mostly have to start another one right away. And so I don't have that time to just kind of linger on it and be like, ooh, I liked the feelings of that. So that is definitely a downside. Um... But it's too early in the year to say, like, at the end of the year, I'll do a whole thing of what I feel like the ultimate positives and negatives were and, like, if I would ever do it again. But I think it's too early to say, but uh, that's my main kind of caveat right now is that it's a little – I mean, it's a lot to just be, like, constantly, like – I'm right upon finishing one to be like, okay, now I have to start, like, what's the next? Um, so that part's not, not as nice. Uh, however, uh, yeah, let's, I'll just, I'll just move right into talking about the books. Okay. Oh, see, now I can refill. Let me refill my little cup first. And, um, I think I was saying, I have all the books next to me. I found them all over the house, which was hard to do. Two of them were missing. 
Um, well, they weren't missing, missing, but I couldn't remember where I put them. And we only have, right now we have four different spaces in our house for books. I want to have books everywhere. And well, actually we don't, that's not even true. Cause we, Jordan has two piles that he's made his own where books are not really supposed to be. So we actually have like six different places to store books, but I want them to be everywhere. And Jordan started reading now more too, which is super fun. Um, you may have heard us talk about, he doesn't really read fiction that much. Like he, it's not really his preference. And we were at the bookstore the other day because now I love going to the bookstore. That's the other thing is like, I haven't really, I used to, uh, when I was young, read all the time, and my mom would drop me off in the bookstore, and I would just read for hours, and, like, I would just go through books. I've always been a really fast reader, and, uh, just loved reading, and as I got older, I feel like I just didn't read as much anymore at all as I did when I was young, but I used to love going to the bookstore and just, like, coming out with, like, stacks of books and being, like, all these books, and that got less fun, I think, over the years. I think I got more into, like, instant culture of, like, and I still feel it sometimes, just, like, let me, like, I just, I don't want to take forever looking through all the things to then make a decision. I just, like, want to know what I'm gonna, what I want and get that, but, which I still do sometimes, but I've found a new, like, I've refound my love for going to the bookstore and just wandering, like, now whenever, because we don't have a big bookstore here, we just have a small, well, we have two small ones, but one's not even really one, and uh, when we go to the big city, <laughs> we go to Vancouver, um, or anywhere, I'm like, that's one of the things I want to do, I'm like, I want to go to the bookstore and, like, spend a couple hours there just, like, sitting. And I, I, I often sit on the floor in the bookstore and just, like, I'll, like, walk all around and pick up a giant stack of, like, 20 books. And then I'll go sit on the floor somewhere and I'll, like, look through them all and decide what I want. That's what I like to do. Okay, so we have to move on to talking about the books or we'll never get there. But I was saying, Jordan and I were at the bookstore and we were like, what can you read? Because he gravitates toward business books and... Uh, I was like, oh my god, biography, and he was like, I like biographies, and then, uh, yeah, he's basically discovered or, um, like, re-found his love, newfound love, no, but I think, anyway, whatever, he now really likes memoirs, so he's been on this memoir kick, and it's been really fun, because now we, like, sit and read together, and it's good because he's not always reading about business. Then he gets like a break from that and he's reading just like it's more for fun. So we both get to read for fun. Moving on, uh, my purpose too for the book challenge, I'm I'm trying to read, like I want to read more fiction was kind of the purpose, but it's not the only thing. I haven't limited myself to a type of book. So you'll see there's quite a variety. This will not surprise you if you know me at all. It is it might feel a little all over the place, and that is me. So, okay, without further ado, the first book is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, and uh, it's written by V.E. Schwab. It's a longer one. How many pages was this book? It was like 500 pages, but I'm pretty sure I read it. I read it in like two days because... It was so good. I loved this book. So I'm going to tell you what I, I rated them on Goodreads, even though I don't really like 
having to rate books with stars. And I'll tell you why. Because it just feels a bit like there's a five-star system. And I still, I might like go back and delete all my stars. I don't know. Goodreads makes me feel like I have to put a star count, even though I obviously don't. Because, But like every time I check off a book, it pops up and it's like, what are your stars? And then I have to sit there and be like, I don't know how to. So maybe I'll delete them all on principle. But for this episode, I'll tell you what I gave them, even though I don't really think it's fair because it just feels kind of like, like you're having to put a number and then like you could have two different books that like both have three stars, but they're entirely different. Uh, Like it just feels like it doesn't really mean anything. And then you go to your favorite books. Like I've gone to some of my absolute favorite books and they only have like three or four stars and people just like hate them for certain reasons. And I'm like, that's the reason that I like them. So anyway, um, this book I gave five stars because I loved it. I loved everything about this. It totally sucked me in. Um, I forget how I originally found out about it. I think, I think somewhere on the internet, I don't know, someone mentioned it somewhere at some point in time sometime last year and I saw it and I just immediately ordered it and then I never read it and uh I read it and I really really loved this book and this was actually um this book really made me sad when I finished and because of my challenge, I like immediately had to start a new one because this is the type of book that I could have spent many days just like lingering on and thinking about and I did not get that time to digest it. So uh, I feel a little sad about that and I feel like whenever I get to stop reading next year for a little bit of time, I'll finally get to process it. But I'll say, uh, and I'm not going to give any spoilers for any of these books. I really love this book. I thought it was just, I really... I really liked it. And um, the one thing that this book really left me with was that, was this question, which does not have an answer. And I don't know, this is just my personal like, oh, and like, let me just be with that from the book is this, this proposition that what if the purpose of life is art? And I really love that question. Not the answer to the question, but just like the uh, playing with that question and just feeling that question. And so that was that was something I really loved about this book, among many other things. I just, I thought it was a really incredible book and I loved it a lot. Okay, moving on because I just keep going to say that I loved it, but I loved it. So I, I really highly recommend that book. Second book was Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf. This was my first introduction into Virginia Woolf. Um, when did Virginia Woolf live? I think that she lived in the early 1900s. Let me find the copyright so I could tell you for sure. I feel like you probably know the name Virginia Woolf, most people, because she is a more well-known person. Oh, yeah, she was born in 1882. Um, and the end of her biography, Virginia Woolf's biography, 
it says, well, I'll just tell you the biography. Virginia Woolf, born in 1882, was the center of the interwar Bloomsbury Group, the bohemian set of artists and writers who work, whose works would influence literature, aesthetics, feminism, and economics. Between 1925 and 1931, she produced her finest masterpieces, including Mrs. Dalloway to the Lighthouse and the poetic and highly experimental The Waves, which I have to buy now. She also maintained an astonishing output of criticism, but suffering from depression, she drowned herself in the River Ouse in 1941. And it just ended like that. And I was like, what? Uh, so I, <laughs> I spent a long time reading about Virginia Woolf after I finished this book. And uh, the reason that I found this book and found Virginia Woolf was actually, I think, in the comments section of Goodreads because there's been a couple books uh through my life, like through the past, whatever, five or six years of my life that, um, I've found myself gravitate, like I I have found in a bookstore and then read it and been like, oh, this is my favorite kind of book. But I didn't know if it had a name, like that style of writing. And I started to just realize the more I like kind of found these books here and there, I would be like, that's what I like. Like, this is, like, this is my thing, but I don't know what it's called, and I don't know how to, like, find more of it, but I just know that. And I, in my head, I just called it weird books because it's different. Like, like the first book I was talking about, The Invisible Life of Addie Ralu, is a pretty, like, normal book. It's just, like, typical fiction, sucks you in. It's not uh, – the language isn't, like, poetic or – I mean, I'm sure it has its moments, but, like – uh, it's just, to me, it just feels like a normal book. It's a story. Uh, and I'm sure that there's words for all these things. Okay. But I don't know what they are. So, um, uh, Virginia Woolf, I found in the comment sections of like a different author who I think, I think the book I was going off of a book I really liked was, uh, the author was Amina Kane and, the book was Indelicacy. There were two, that book and then uh, You Too Can Have a Body Like Mine by Alexandra Kleeman. Those were two books I read, two of the many books I read, where I was like, what is this? I like this. I don't know what to call it, but like, I want to read more of this and I don't know how to find it. And so I think somehow through the comments section, of Amina Kane, I think I learned that this style of writing was called, like, uh, was something that sort of, I believe, um, Virginia Woolf was sort of like a, what do you say, like a, like she did it for, or not, maybe not first ever, but was one of the first uh, to write this way. And uh, I think that they call it, like, stream of thought consciousness, just like, uh, I don't know what it's called in literary terms, but it just feels very different to me. It feels like, uh, and you'll see, I have another book in my pile that is the same, the same sort of style that I've always just called weird in my head, where it's just like, it's like language for language's sake. It's, to me, it's just beauty. It's like taking a long time. Like this book, uh, Mrs. Dalloway, takes place over and just one day and that's what I loved about the other books that I read that I mentioned were like 
I don't remember them super well, but I believe at least one of them, they happened all in a day. So it's like a whole book, but all in one day. And actually what I, what I love is that it feels like you can, you, you actually know so much about someone's life. You can actually see every part of someone's life just in the examination of a day. And just, like, in this uh, sort of languishing, like, uh, being in a person's thoughts. And and that's sort of what this book does is, like, it goes about Mrs. Dalloway's day, but then uh, she thinks about all these people and all these things. And it doesn't just follow her. It follows all these different characters. And so you're constantly sort of, like jumping around person to person and it doesn't make sense it's a different reading experience than a typical fiction book like the invisible life of Addie Addie LaRue which I didn't even tell you about what it's about uh it I don't you can just look up the thing okay but it's just it's basically like this girl who lives over 300 she makes a deal with the devil and her life she lives for over 300 years and she can is going to live forever but the caveat is that nobody remembers her and then one day she meets a boy who does remember her and uh then the story goes from there so it's just like it's a it's a story you read it and you're just like kind of sucked in and concentrating on being pulled in by the story this type of book mrs dalloway at least for me is more of like every sentence and every page gives you so many feelings it gives me so many feelings that I then get to like just the delight of the language it gives me a lot of delight so whereas like the first one is just a good story this is just like pleasure and delight and weirdness and also a lot of like trying to understand because it doesn't feel like it always makes sense um and sometimes I'm just like wait what are we talking about how do we get here um but the words are just so beautiful and I'm not going to tell you what it is but on one of the pages in this book there's a passage that is my my absolute favorite passage I've ever read maybe ever in all of writing and, uh, yeah, I, this book frustrated me. And I see this is the problem with Goodreads is that I gave it four stars on Goodreads because I didn't like the ending. But I don't know if that's fair, because when I kind of think about it, I'm like, I don't know if I don't know if if it could have been ended in a different way. I, I guess I felt like. Uh, I don't want to ruin that. I don't want to ruin it. I don't feel like it's the type of book that could be really ruined, though. Um, yeah, I'll just say I just feel I felt like I wanted a bit more of like a climax or like a something. And it just uh, ended. But I kind of the more I sit with it. So at the time I was like, oh, I was so annoyed. I finished it and I was like, no, I didn't like that end. And then I gave it four stars, but I've been, this is why I have to just delete all my stars because now I like go back and I'm like, I don't really, I've thought about it ever since, like every day. I'm like, I don't think I should have given that book four stars because it's not, 
I don't think it's fair. It's a brilliant work. And I've thought about it very much. And it has my favorite passage. And I loved, oh, just like the poetic drama of uh, just, I loved it. But I don't know. I was just frustrated at the end. Uh, so I think the star rating is just needs to be done away with. Anyway, that was how I felt about this book. I loved it very much. Uh, and it really is this, this style that I need to explore more. Uh, but after I read it, I was like, okay, I need, I need to go back to like a normal style book because it also, even though this book was shorter, uh, it took me longer to read because the language is more complex. And so, and also not even the language being more complex, but it's sort of like, making me stop every few paragraphs with like oh the feeling of like ooh that feeling in my body and like <laughs> that language so um yeah that's what i have to say about that okay we're on book 3 and it's 30 minutes in let's keep going i was like when i started this podcast i was like maybe this is going to be a short podcast how much time can i really spend on 10 books but clearly i don't know myself well at all okay third book is called A Tale for the Time Being, and it's bought by Ruth Ozeki. Ozeki? Ozeki? Um, and somebody, one of my followers recommended this book to me uh, weeks back through DM, so I thank you very much for the book recommendation. The reason this person recommended it uh, was because I think they said it's set, because it's set, like, it's set quite close to where I live. And they were like, oh, whenever you post, I don't even know if they recommended the book to me. They just said, whenever you post uh, photos of where you live, it reminds me of this book. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm going to get the book. And so I did. And I ordered it. And then that happened to be right before I started this reading challenge. So I was like, all right, I'm going to read this book. So this book uh, was one I read uh, just based off of that. And it's basically, here, I'll just read you the back. On a remote island in the Pacific Northwest, a Hello Kitty lunchbox washes up on the beach. Tucked inside is the diary of a 16-year-old Japanese girl named Nao Yatsutani. Yasutani. Ruth, a writer who finds the lunchbox, suspects that it is debris from Japan's 2011 tsunami. Once she begins to read the diary, Ruth quickly finds herself drawn into the mystery of Nao's fate. Meanwhile, in Tokyo, Nao, uprooted from her home in the U.S., bullied at school, and watching her parents spiral deeper into disaster, has decided to end her life. But first, she wants to recount the story of her great-grandmother, a 104-year-old Zen Buddhist nun, in the pages of her secret diary. Um, so I had very mixed feelings about this book. And that is because I only gave it three stars. But again, you know how I feel about the stars by now. And the reason that I had mixed feelings. So there were things I really loved about this book a lot. And I'm glad that I read it. Like I enjoyed overall. I'm happy that I read it. And uh, it was super weird. It is set like uh, part of it is set. It goes back and forth between these two narrators, like Ruth, the woman who finds the diary, and then, like, Nao's diary. So it's kind of set in Japan with Nao, and then it's set in a tiny little island very close to me. 
uh, in Canada. And uh, her descriptions of living on this island were, like, so eerily similar. Like, it was just – it was actually a really weird experience to read. I've read a couple other books like that that are set, like, here. And uh, – it's just a it's a, it's a strange experience to read about something that's set where you live, and so uh, I did enjoy that in a weird way. I also really enjoyed the the descriptions of Japanese culture, and just like she uses a lot of different Japanese words, which is also kind of the Japanese words weren't the con, but it was really annoying to me. There's footnotes throughout the whole book because she like explains more things or tells you what certain words mean and I just found the footnotes so irritating and exhausting because I don't like to be pulled out of when I'm reading to like go look at the footnote um so that was a thing I didn't like and then uh but my main problem and so interestingly this is another thing about reviews I've been reading the reviews after I finished the book um because I like to, like, I want to form my own opinion before I read everyone else's opinion and then go from there. But, like, I thought something that was interesting is, like, a lot of the reviews said that they hated Ruth's narration sections. Like, they just hated, uh, they thought those parts were so boring and they liked Now's. And I kind of found the opposite, in a sense. Like, I... I kind of liked reading Ruth's stuff better than now. So it's just, I think it's just interesting how like different readers can have the opposite perspectives. Um, But that wasn't even, so my main issue with the book was that I felt like it was weird. I, I just felt like it wasn't quite well done in the sense that, um, it felt like, she had gotten to the end of the book and didn't know how to finish the plot. And so she started adding in magical elements that like weren't there at the beginning and more sort of like fantastical types of things that didn't really fit. Um, And then, yeah, I just, I really hated the whole ending. I, I felt my main feeling... I I was really enjoying the book, I think, for, like, the first half or so. And then I just started to feel like, even though there were some pieces that were really cool, it started to feel like I got the sense that the author didn't know how to finish the book. And so she, like, made things end in a way that was just, like, the easiest way instead of a way that actually uh, was, like beautiful and worked really well and I just didn't I was not impressed and it made me annoyed um and so that was how I felt about it so again in the context of like would I recommend it or not I don't know I wouldn't not recommend it I wouldn't be like oh this is one of the best books I have ever read but there were certain things that I really enjoyed about it there's also a lot of talk about death and suicide in sort of like a lighthearted manner that I found very compelling in like a poetic way (laughs) so (laughs) that's like the best way I can phrase it um so there was a lot I like appreciated about the book and enjoyed and overall 
I felt kind of let down. Like, I don't think I would seek out another book by this author. I was just kind of like, eh, I don't know. Maybe I would ever, but probably not. I was just sort of like, okay, I'm glad I read it, but that was how I felt. Next one. Okay, so weird for me. This was a reread. So I have mentioned, I mentioned this book on my stories. This is one of my favorite fiction books. It's called The Peculiar Life of a Lonely Postman. And it's by a man whose name is French and I will not pronounce correctly. It is Dennis or maybe Denise. Dennis Theriault. Theriault. I don't know how you would say it in French. (laughs) Uh, It was originally written in French, I think. I think he's from Montreal, the author. Uh, And it was translated to English. And this book is tiny. It is short, very nice, pleasant, easy read, in my opinion. Um, I found it in a used bookstore one time in Boston, a copy of it, and I read it and I loved it then. And then Jordan, sometime last year, I was like trying to get Jordan to read more fiction. And (laughs) I was like, I was like, you like this book. I got him a copy because I somehow I had lost mine over the years. And I was just like, I know you'll like this book. Like, it's short. uh, And I just think, like, man or woman, I just, I, I really love this story. I think it is a brilliant story. Again, of course, in the reviews, there are people that absolutely hate it for all of the reasons that I love it. Um... And I don't usually reread books. And I think that's going to also be an interesting thing about this challenge is typically in my life, I haven't reread books. Um, But I think there's something about this challenge that's like going through books so quickly and then like sort of having the up and down of like, I had these two books in a row that I didn't like the ending and they also were pretty death heavy. <laughs> and so I kind of finished them just being like, Jesus Christ. Uh, like just a lot of like death and suicides and like dark things that I told you I find compelling, but all, and, like poetically compelling, not compelling, like I want to go do it, but just like uh, the emotionality of it. But then, and then I got my pedicure. I got a pedicure like right after I finished that book about this girl who was telling me about another girl's suicide and then another girl's murder. So it was just like, (laughs) it was a lot for me. And I was like, I need a reliable book that is going to make me feel just like pleasant and happy. There's still death in this book, but uh, it just, it's a nice story overall. It just, uh, it's nice. Um, As all I really want to, it's basically, it's about, you know what I like about it is it's really absurd. And it gives me that same feeling of delight, but it's not written in that stream of thought consciousness way. Uh, but it, it, I find it delightful. It's like uh, the story and the choices. You, basically, you you follow this man, Belodo. Belodo? 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 In my head, I thought it was like Bildo or something. And then Jordan was like, no, it's Belodo. And I was like, oh, you're right. (laughs) But so basically he steams open these envelopes. He's a postman and 
he's like in his late 20s and he has this curious hobby where he steams open the letters and reads them in secret. And I just find this premise extremely delightful. That's the only word I can use to describe it is it just fills me with delight and joy. And I think it's funny to spend a lot of time exploring like this postman that has this secret habit of steaming open and reading on the letters. And he becomes obsessed with this woman who sends just haikus to this man. So she's sending just poetry in a haiku format to this man. And he reads her poems and he's like falling in love with her. And then, uh, how does the back describe it? It will only be a matter of time before his world comes crashing down around him. I don't know how to say it without ruining any part of the book. But basically, like, he he gets very caught up in in it all. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'm a good book reviewer. I don't know how to. Um, I want to tell you about it more, but I don't want to ruin it at all. Uh, but basically, like, he he doesn't get in, like, legal trouble for doing that thing to the letters. It is a more uh, mysterious happening that you would not expect, is what I'll say. And uh, it's just a lovely story. I like it. I like the way it ends. I think it is just delightful, okay? So that book I read again because I was just like, I just need, and it was short too. And I was like, okay, this will just be like a shorter read that will reliably just sort of calm me down and be like, okay, this is like a nice reset book. So I read that. Then I read The Glass Hotel by Emily St. John Mandel. And I think that this was someone's recommendation uh, from the call I put out in, in my Instagram stories to ask for fiction recommendations, which uh, I probably won't read most of them because I looked through some of the ones in the list and I was like, I don't really want to read any of these books. So <laughs> sorry uh, to a lot of the people, but I just, I, yeah, I I don't know. After I asked for recommendations, I was like, I don't know if I like the same things as a lot of people. And um, I felt just like, I don't want, maybe I don't want to read these books. But this one I believe was on the list. And it was one of the ones that I looked up and I felt intrigued by. And so I read this book and I loved it. I really loved it. What did I give it? I can't remember what stars I gave it. I'm going to go delete all my stars. I The reason I decided to... Oh, I gave it five stars. That makes sense. I really did love this book. Um, I, I wanted to tell myself how much I loved it with the stars, but it's not even that reliable. Um... I, so this book, uh, basically, I don't know if it's boring if I read you the book description, but you could read the book description on your own, but I'll just tell you, it's also kind of set close to here, which I found, uh, I don't know if the person recommended it for that reason, but I enjoyed that too. Like, it was kind of funny. It's set on Vancouver Island, which is right next to us, and so, uh, that was fun. I just enjoy it that and um it's about this girl named vincent which i know is a weird name for a girl and it it basically follows different characters so vincent who becomes his wife later on 
Vincent has a hard life, and then she's working at this, like, creepy but beautiful hotel, and someone scrawls a message on the glass wall of the hotel that says, why don't you swallow broken glass? And that's not explained until later in the book, and I won't ruin it for you. And then there's, like, another man who is there, and then... Uh, a guy named Alkaitis who owns the hotel and he's really wealthy, but then marries Vincent and Vincent gets to be his wife and have a lot of money and she like has these sort of different life moments. And uh, but Alkaitis is actually running a Ponzi scheme which collapses. So then she has to like he goes, wait, I don't want to ruin anything. But basically it collapses and Vincent like walks away. And then she ends up on a ship, and then she disappears from a ship. Uh, <laughs> so, I don't want to give you, I don't want to, it's not even, you shouldn't need to know more than that. If it, if the, if those, like, themes sort of compel you, I really liked this book, and I would really recommend it. Uh, it made me cry and cry and cry. We were on the plane when I finished it and I just sat there and just sobbed and it was so much fun. I don't think I've, I haven't, I used to have this all the time when I was younger and I don't know, as I've gotten older, I especially haven't really read books that have made me sob. Well, I guess some memoirs I read last year did, but uh, I loved this book. It really jumped all over the place. It was... I liked the emotional uh, feelings. I liked the, again, there's kind of a lot of themes of like uh, death or hardship in ways that I found poetic again. And just like, I guess poetic is my other word for like, I don't know, like emotional or beautiful, just this sort of uh, feeling-based way of, writing and describing things so this one I liked a lot um I actually recommended it to my mom so I hope she'll read it too so loved that would definitely read other books by that author which I think she has at least one maybe more the next book I read so I got behind so I think I read that did I read that book on the plane to Mexico yeah I think I did and then when we went to Mexico my pace uh, struggled because I was trying to aim for like two books a week because that would keep me on pace mostly for the year. But then I finished that book on the plane and then I didn't, I barely read when we were in Mexico for a week. So uh, that was not good for my challenge pace. Although it did give me a break, I will say, and kind of time to digest because we went away and I thought, oh, I'm going to read so much in Mexico. And then I totally didn't because we were socializing so much and I barely read at all. So uh, luckily, when we went to the bookstore, when we went through the big city, I uh, picked up this tiny little book of poetry, which counts. So some of you might think that's cheating, but it's not really cheating because all books count. Um... And it's a tiny little book, and I really hated it, so <laughs> I can't tell you about it, but I think I gave it two stars on Goodreads, and uh, again, hard to hard to rate 
And you should ask, perhaps, Demetra, why did you buy this book if you knew you weren't going to like it? Because I could tell from just flipping through it that I didn't like it. But the reason that I bought it was because, so it's called Burning Sage, Poems from the Litten Fire, and it's by Megan Fandrich. And it's set also in Canada, and it's about uh, the, actually in BC, that was destroyed by wildfire in 2021. So I really didn't like this book, (laughs) and I loved the concept of the book, which is why I bought it, because I felt like I love the idea of, like, I felt like I was holding a forest fire in my hands, holding the book, because I it just felt, like, really precious that someone would go through this experience and then make a physical thing. This is why I love writing books, is because it's like making a physical thing out of an emotional experience. And so it's like someone went through this emotional experience that, pray to God, I'll never go through, but definitely haven't gone through before, and I could, like, hold it in my hand and be like, this is like someone's experience of this really dramatic thing. And so I wanted to buy it and like read the whole thing thoroughly because of that. However, I don't know how to say this nicely. I just thought it was really poorly written. And I'll just say I understand like all writing in a sense is subjective in a way. Uh, Like, There are reviews for this book for people who, like, went through the same thing and were so grateful that this person wrote this book because they were just, like, so – it helped them work through it. And I personally just really felt – I was left wanting a lot. I felt like – I just really didn't think it was good. Um, I There was, like, one poem that I thought was the start of something good, and then she, like, named it an unfinished poem and then never came back. I was like, oh, good, she's going to come back and finish it, and that's going to be, like, a thing. But then she didn't actually finish it ever. And I was like, that was, like, the only thing that I think was going to be good. Um... It felt, I guess, I, I felt fresh. I felt like it had so much potential, like the concept and some of what she went through and like certain things that she named. But I felt really let down and it just, I it was lacking in something for me. So I read it all and then I was annoyed. <laughs> so next book is probably my favorite of all that I read of these 10, but I think most people would hate it. It's called Sprawl by a woman a woman named Danielle Dutton. And uh, I've, I'm going to list all these books in the show notes, just so you know. There's no even description on this book, which I understand why. Because I don't even know how you would describe it. This is extreme. I found this author because of the same thing I was talking about earlier, that like stream of consciousness way of writing. And this is, it wasn't, it didn't take place over a day. So someone described this book as 
Remember the book I was talking about earlier, the Mrs. Dalloway by Virginia Woolf? Someone described this book, Sprawl, as a Mrs. Dalloway in objects. And it is that. It's like, it's this like stream of consciousness, like this narrator who you never learn her name, describing bits of her life in the suburbs and that's not even giving it a description. It's sort of like poetry. I mean, it's basically is poetry. I don't think you could call it, you couldn't really call it a novel. I don't know what you call it. Um, I adored this book, even though it was that same kind of like, uh, this book made me really upset that I was doing this challenge because I wish that I could have spent like many weeks just reading this book and reading it in like a couple pages at a time and then just sitting with those couple pages for days. And, uh, there are certain sentences in here. Oh, it just like mess it. It's like playing with reality. It feels like w- when I have written poems that I think are like my favorites of mine or like things that I uh the feelings that I love capturing the most it feels like she's doing a very similar thing in this book in a completely different way but it's like this playing with reality and this oh it's just the language I love it you get lost you're like reading and like wait where am I what like I need to go back. I wish I finished this book, and this is so rare for me. I finished it and immediately wished I could just start reading it again. Uh, I love the way it ended. I really, really loved it. And so I like, it is like the time, I'll definitely read it again after this year. I just feel like, and she has a new book coming out in May, I think. What cap, the reason that I read, someone someone posted a clip of this, uh, of her new book somewhere. Oh, I think it was that author. I think it was Amina Kane, the other author, posted it. And I read that and I was like, I want to read that book, but it's not coming out till April or May or something. And so uh, I found, I was like, I'll read one of her other things and try that. And I adored this. And it's the kind of writing, it's like no bookstore is even going to stock this, I bet. Uh, I don't even know what you call it, but I loved it. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I definitely gave this five stars. I don't even, I'll look to make sure, but I don't even think I have to look. It was just so lovely. And then, of course, yeah, I gave it five stars. And then, of course, I was like, okay, that was so poetic, like, so in this, like, super feminine, uh, whirlwindy world of poems. Oh, I should pour the last bit of my coffee it's a little late in the day to be pouring more coffee but at least you know it's gonna be steaming hot still then i read a book by laura loomer called loomered how i became the most banned woman in the world so i i <laughs> spun into a completely different direction i was like i just needed a break so i took a break from fiction and moved into this nonfiction book. And to be honest, so technically I read probably a third of this last year. But Goodreads, according to the Goodreads challenge, any book you finish this year uh, counts for this year's challenge. And so that is lucky for me because I have 
a few other half-finished books that are lying around. And so uh, I decided, I was like, I, I, I felt like I needed to catch up. I actually think I was on pace, but I just felt like um, I needed to read some books quickly to make sure I was just on track. I don't know why. I guess I was, all, I guess I was on track, but I just felt like I needed to have some shorter books. Maybe I had a busy week or something, but this book is not short. I mean, like, how long is the whole book? It's 400 pages. So it was still 200 pages, but I had already read some of it. Laura Loomer, if you don't know who she is, she is, I don't know what you call her, a journalist, an investigative journalist. Yes, a young, assertive, conservative investigative journalist who's willing and ready and willing to ask the hard questions to uncover the truth. So uh, I found Laura Loomer, who I had never heard from, from House and Habit, who I follow on Instagram, who if you don't follow her, uh, I really recommend following her. What I love about House and Habit is that she gives coverage. She used to do more celebrity coverage of like uh, trials and different like covering uh, court trials and events and stuff. But She's really focusing on politics and she's covering Biden's team won't let them in to cover her or for her to, her to cover them. But uh, she's been invited both to RFK Jr.'s uh, events and like getting to know him and then also to Trump's. And so she's really getting to see behind the scenes and like humanizing a lot behind these men, which I never thought in my life I would say about Trump. But I'm loving her just sort of objective coverage of each candidate. Um, so I, so this is, if you know anything about Laura Loomer, you know, she's very controversial. I didn't, I had never heard of her before. And so when House and Habit mentioned her and I looked her up and it said she was the most banned woman in the world, you know, if you know anything about my history and getting banned from social media many times, uh, I was very intrigued by this because it's basically like her take her uh her version of the story is that like she's tells the truth and asks really hard questions and is very loud and the mainstream media and social media wants to shut her down so she's been banned from twitter facebook uber paypal like uber eats just basically every platform possible that this woman has been banned from now of course twitter is now x and she has it again but uh, yeah, I used to be, if you don't know a lot of my history, I used to be pretty extreme liberal in my early 20s. I think as I've gotten older, I've come way more to the center. And because I spent so much time in my life uh, learning and steeping in very liberal views, I've found myself the last few years, especially with the pandemic, just being curious about like, instead of, and actually my teens my grandfather was Republican, so I always were Republican without knowing anything about it. And then as I went to college, I became uh, more liberal. And then I just felt super liberal and went like very into that kind of world and way of thinking. And as I've gotten older, I've become more curious, like instead of just being like stupid, extreme, far right, like terrible people, I've become more curious about like, and with my experience in the cult, especially, just kind of being like, what is everyone's opinion? I actually would like to hear everybody out. So me reading this book is not me saying I agree with everything Laura Loomer thinks or says. However, uh, 
I found it really, really interesting to read, and I highly recommend reading it, even though it wasn't a very enjoyable read. I think I gave it three stars in terms of, like, quality of book. So what I liked about this is that she... I believe a lot of what she is saying in this book in terms of like her experiences, like she does really crazy things like handcuff herself to Twitter headquarters or Facebook headquarters, or she like goes undercover and gets, I don't know, Hillary Clinton to admit something or other. I actually cannot even remember like all of the details, but she details them all for you. She's like, she goes to these political events and gets these people on camera being really hypocritical. Uh, same with social media. And I have experienced this with social media directly myself, them just kind of being like, in a different way, but them just being like, banning my account with no reason given. And so I believe a lot of what she says when she talks about her banning from these things, which makes me intrigued to listen to what she has to say about other things, because I'm just like, I've experienced this, like I've experienced the, the way that these companies are just so powerful that they can just decide at any moment, like, you just can't use this service and we don't even have to explain to you why. We don't have to give you any reason. Um, all of it. And so I really enjoyed hearing some of the behind the scenes and hypocrisy of different politicians and also getting to understand why she thinks the way she does about certain topics, certain like political issues, certain groups of people. I was just, I, it was interesting to get to hear the way somebody thinks who was raised very differently than me and like has a lot of different experiences than me. So for that reason, I found it really worthwhile reading. And I also just personally think that no one should be banned in that way, like regardless of who they are. I really think that it's important to hear everybody out, everyone, because I think when we start shutting people down, I think it's a really bad trajectory. And I used to not think that, but I now really do think that. And um, I think it's important to hear everyone's voice. And so, uh, yeah, I was. it was really interesting to me to read. However, the reason I gave it three stars was because it was annoying, to be honest, to get through. It just, it, it read, it was just like, it felt like a very big, long complaint, which in some ways I appreciated, but in other ways, like, it, it kind of felt like her just telling her whole side of the story. And so again, it's hard to rate in that way. Like, I'm glad I read it. I appreciated getting to know, like, a different perspective uh, I didn't particularly like the, like, I wasn't like, oh, this was like a really well-written book or, oh, I really enjoyed reading this book. It was more just like, it was an interesting person and thing to know more about and like be more informed, especially I think people that the media really shits on, right? Like, I don't know. I've seen that a lot now with RFK Jr. where the mainstream media just paints him as absolutely insane. But if you've listened to him on any sort of podcast or long form content where you're actually listening to him speak, I think it's really hard to be like, oh, this man's so crazy. I think he comes across as very reasonable. So uh, 
I like getting to hear people's perspectives and learn more about them besides just what the media says about who they are. So, um, yeah, I enjoyed reading, I guess. I enjoy. I'm glad I read it is what I'll say. I think that everyone should read it. Like, I really, I'm, I think the information in it is good information to just, like, sit with and think about whether you completely disagree or you agree with some parts and disagree with others or whatever. I think it's good to, to consider it. Um, but it wasn't, like, a super enjoyable read of mine for sure. So then I finished that and I was like, oh, okay, I had that super. And so remember, I'm like, going, it feels like I'm going through these things really quickly still. And so I had this like super feminine. First, I had a book that made me cry. And then I had this like book, poetry book that I hated. And then I had this really feminine book that was just like, I wished I could just read over and over again and just like orgasm from just, just feeling all of my feelings forever. And then I read Laura Loomer and then I was like, <laughs> now I'm back in this place like what do I do I just need something that I know I can just get through quickly uh because it was like last week I think and I was like okay I gotta like how do I because I've still I've been on my pace I guess of two books a week and I was like okay how do I do my two books this week like what am I gonna read and I was saying to Jordan I was like man I was like I wish I was like looking at all the bookshelves and in our house and I was like, nothing here is really, I don't know what I'm wanting, but like, it's not this and I can't go out and get a new one because like, I just need to start reading something. And I was like, I wish, although actually, oh my God, that is my Stephen King short story book, but it's so long. Although I think I've read half of that one too. So maybe I could read that at some point. But anyway, I was sitting around and I was being like to Jordan, I was like, I wish that I had like a short Stephen King book. Uh, or something that just, like, I would reliably, like, it would reliably be a good, like, style of writing that's easy to read. Um, I could read through it quickly. And he was like, oh, I have exactly that. But what he had was Stephen King's memoir. It's kind of a memoir, but it's called On Writing. And so it's Stephen King's book about it's called On Writing, A Memoir of the Craft. Now, I have not read a ton of Stephen King, mostly because I'm not a big horror fan necessarily, but maybe I'll become more of one. Uh, <laughs> I will say that's another pro is like this is encouraging me, like because the books are not scarce, like because it's not like, oh, I'm only reading a few this year. What should I read that I really like? It's more like... Uh, Oh, I could read this whether I'm going to love it or not. I'll just, like, read it and be interested and kind of see. Um, and Stephen King, I know that I really like his writing style. Uh, I, re I read, what was the book called? It's the start to a series by him. Oh, my God. It's a series by him, and it's so long. What is it called? I'm going to have to find I'm going to have to Google it, because how could I say that and not know? Uh, it's not like the Grave Day. Stephen King uh, series. Um, well, how many books did he write that were in a series? 
Oh my god, this man has written so many books. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it right off the bat. Come on. Sorry, I know this is boring to listen to me trying to find this. Stephen King's series. What are they? What are his series of books? Oh, no. All right, well, maybe it will come back to me. There is a series he's written that's like, has like, I don't know, it has, oh, The Gunslinger. I didn't even find it. It just came to my mind. Uh, The Gunslinger. Oh, The Dark Tower is the, The Dark Tower is the series, I think. The Dark Tower series. It's eight novels. Okay, okay. Stephen King, The Dark Tower. I read the first one. I bought it at an airport one time and I read it and I loved that book. It was a long time ago, maybe like eight years ago, but I loved it. And I meant to read the rest of the series and then I never did. And I don't know that I'll read it this year because they're all really long. So like I really have to be kind of intentional because that's the other con is like if I choose a book that's too long, then I have to read it. I have to make sure I read it fast. So um this book, so anyway, I love that book by Stephen King, and then I also had bought a collection of his short stories, which I also loved, but then I, I didn't finish it because I started to get scared. So uh, this book was like 300 pages, so it wasn't that short, but it was shorter. I mean, it's a small book, this one. Like, the physical size is smaller. So um, I didn't like this book. I feel like that's an unpopular opinion, so I read it, Jordan said he liked it, and I felt like because it was written by Stephen King, I thought it would be enjoyable enough that I could read it quickly. It felt physically small. I was like, I could go through it quickly. And I did. I did not enjoy it. Um, which is maybe not my fault. So like, I enjoyed some of it. The, the thing is, the beginning of the book is a memoir, like, about his life. It's kind of, like, snapshots from his life. That part I thoroughly enjoyed. It was, like, dark in his way, matter-of-fact dark. Um, snapshots from his life described and sort of showing you how he, like, got into writing. And that I thoroughly enjoyed. That was the best part of the book. He then moved into, like, sort of writing tips, uh... I was not at all interested in reading writing tips, so to be fair, this is another occasion where, like, a lot of the reviews were like, oh, I hated him talking about his life and I only wanted to hear writing tips, and I was like, that's the opposite of what I wanted. I felt like most of the writing tips were really boring and, like, to be this book was also written in, like, 2000, but it just felt like the writing tips to me felt like common sense. Even though I did find certain things inspiring, I just felt sort of like, yeah. And then he got in his, he got in a really bad car accident. Uh, and so the end of the book is about that. It's more like memoir style, kind of about that. And I, I liked reading his description of that time in his life and what it meant to him. But I felt like the book as a whole, you could tell that it got interrupted. Like the book when he was writing it, he put it down for a while and then the accident happened. So it like it was interrupted in his life. And I feel like you can feel that when reading the book. Like it doesn't really it didn't to me feel like a coherent um, 
one thing. It felt sort of like three different books sort of mashed together. And I wasn't really into it. And it sort of felt like he needed to, like, he kind of put the accident in there as a way to, like, round it out and sort of be part of it. But it just didn't fit. I don't know. I don't know. I just didn't like it. And it's a New York Times bestseller and people liked it. I just was kind of like, eh, it was not my favorite. So, um, then my 10th book, we're finally here. My 10th book is called Modern Whore, and this is a memoir. And this book I read because Jordan had just read it. So I told you, Jordan, he found, he found a sex worker memoir at the bookstore. And Jordan, if you know, Jordan has a history with sex work, not him. Well, he's, he's, he's paid for sex work, not done it himself. Um, and he's written a ton about that. It is in his past, but it is a part of his past. And, uh, he, um, read that book and then he bought like a couple other sex worker memoirs. So he was on this like sex worker memoir kick. And read a few of them. And out of the three that he read, he said he thought I would like this one the most. Um, which was mildly, <laughs> mildly accurate. It, I will say it's super fun to read the books with Jordan. Like this is, I don't know how many books will really overlap on, but we we overlap more on like nonfiction. I guess memoirs, I don't know if they're considered fiction or not. Like, but uh like, we've definitely shared business-style books before, which is super fun. Like, self-help kind of books, like that kind of thing. But this is the first time we've been sharing more uh, just, like, other styles of books. And it's it's been really fun. Like, it is fun to, to read the same thing and then discuss it together. Uh, so I've been enjoying that. So I feel, like, more open also to, like, reading the things he's read so we could talk about it so um <clears throat> this book was part of that so this book modern whore apparently she wrote the f- first half of it so this is a woman who uh was an escort she's canadian first she was a an escort like a prostitute for two years in her early 20s and then later in her 20s for three years she was a stripper and then that got ended when the pandemic hit And so this is sort of her memoir, but she wrote the first book, like, the first half of this edition of the book um, was just about her first two years, I think. And then she, like, re-released it as another edition, like, a a fuller one, um, and combined them both together. And so the second half is about her stripper time. And she did it as a – so it's it's meant to be, like, a work of art. She did it with a friend that's a photographer. So this book, while, so like the pages of it are all glossy, even though there's a lot of writing, like it is a book, um, there's also a lot of pictures. And that I did not enjoy, even though I can, oh, look here, this is the first sentence of this description. Andrea Warehunt's sex work career gives her money, freedom, joy, and a lot of dick. <laughs> and she, so this is my problem with the book. 
I'll redo the rest of this, just a tiny bit of this. An intellectually curious university student, she revels in the opportunity to invent Marianne, her escort counterpart, and introduce her to men all over the city. She whores, she learns, she writes it all down, and then, as per a signed agreement promising her Catholic mother she'll retire by age 24, she quits to become a stripper. Um, so... I also felt let down by this book, and I'll tell you why. First of all, this isn't really about the book itself, but more the format, is that um, while I appreciate this book as like a piece of art, kind of documenting her experience, it is beautiful. The photos are beautiful. A lot of photos of her naked, which I was kind of getting tired by. Like, I don't mind. New photos are pretty, but, like, I don't know. By the end, I was just kind of like, okay, I don't, I'm tired of seeing this girl's boobs over and over. Um, I didn't like, like, when I read a book, I like to just get sucked into the book, like, the words and the story. This did not allow for that experience. It felt more like a coffee table book. Like, it just felt like every few pages... I would be in, or every two pages, like, I would be interrupted by another photo. And so, and then it also sort of, like, like, it's hard to explain, but certain sections, like, she has some fiction in there, and that's, like, in its own little section. And uh, so it's just, I felt like it was very jumpy. I didn't get to just, it did actually, I read it in just a couple days, like, it really, uh, I read through it quickly. But and I, I enjoyed some of her writing, but I just felt like it was just constantly interrupted. Like, I think I might have liked it more without the photos, just the words. Um, and, but the, my main complaint about this book, which Jordan and I talked about later and he agreed. Well, I won't speak for him, but I just, we had, we shared a sim- similar sentiment, I think, which was just that, like, I felt that this book was lacking in self-depth. And so what I want, like, I le- I read a lot about her factual experiences and, like, the men that she met and the experience she had and what, what happened. And I read a lot about her opinions about, like, the political sort of protection of sex workers and things like that, um, which I'm for. But... Uh, and I, and I am not sure whether this was a purposeful omission or if it was that she's just not that deep of an emotional person, but it just felt like her emotions were largely left out of it, which is sort of weird to me when reading a memoir. It just feels like a memoir, you, you should be let into somebody's emotional world and this didn't feel like it had any access to her. Like, I finished the book and I felt like I had read a good story, but I didn't really know anything more about her and, like, who she was and how she felt. Um, and that was weird. So it kind of was like I was – it was just a little, like, I don't know. I was just like, uh, by the end, I was like, this isn't capturing me because it just feels like – ooh, hot, sexy stories, and, like, oh, fuck these men for acting this way, and, like, oh, these men are really great, and this is the, what it was like to, like, 
factually, this is like what happened when I was a stripper and an escort, but it didn't give me any like feeling. Like, how did you feel? What was like, yeah, it just didn't give me any of that. And so I'm not sure if that was just like, if it's, if she, I, I would, I 